Welcome to Zaslow Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna John Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Monday, the 12th of February. Good to have you aboard, part of the Believe Podcast Network, and presented as always by Anna Jar and Levine, accident attorneys, 800-747-3-800-747-3733. So glad to have you here with us to get our week started together. And of course, the Kansas City Chiefs are your back-to-back Super Bowl champions. That's our main story for the show today. And hey, just because football is over doesn't mean that we don't still have all the action out there. We got the NBA, we got the NHL. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info with up to the minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, predictions. Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports, and not just for the big four major sports here in North America. Bet online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that's played. That includes MMA, international soccer, little bit of WWE. Head to Bet Online today. Remember to use our promo code Believe for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So, you had a great second half, a ton of drama yesterday with the Super Bowl. I got up at halftime, and, you know, I don't even, like, what was the score at halftime yesterday? It was such a bore, this game in the first half. The whole point is, I got up at halftime, I said to my wife as I'm walking to the bathroom, and because here's the thing, right, the Super Bowl, and by the way, score was 10-3 San Francisco at halftime, but with the Super Bowl, because we all want to watch the commercials, we got the halftime show, you don't want to miss anything, when can we get up, when can I get up and go to the bathroom, you're sitting on the couch for like five straight hours, anyway, I get up to go to the bathroom right before Usher's going to perform, and I say to my wife, I go, this game fucking sucks, like let's be honest here, this game is the drizzling shits, 
And then we come back for the second. She's like, yeah, it's terrible. We come back for the second half. I had a fun experience, by the way, watching the game last time. My older son, he went and watched with his friends. It was me, my wife, and my younger son, who was really into the game. But my younger son, he's the opposite of all the Swifties. You know, the, the Taylor Swift in her presence has brought all the Swifties to watch in the NFL. And they're engaged, and they're learning about football, and they love Travis Kelsey, and they're rooting for the Chiefs. My 12-year-old son, he's been the opposite. He's engaged because he's rooting against Taylor Swift. He hates all the Taylor Swift coverage. He's rooting hard against the Kansas City Chiefs. So my son was way into the game, but he's rooting hard for the 49ers. Doesn't matter what dad has bet. Doesn't matter all the wagers that dad has on the game. Now, yes, I, I won with the Chiefs. I told you I've been on the Chiefs for a couple weeks. Chiefs money line to Momo House last night, but had a bunch of prop bets. None of them came in. None of my squares, you guys know I love Super Bowl boxes, none of my boxes came in, so overall we were a loser for the Super Bowl yesterday. Speaking of which, I'm on driving the line, that's my man Jonathan Coachman, A.B. Allen Bell, I'm on driving the line every Monday morning, live on YouTube, so you can go back and you can watch that, youtube.com slash at driving the line. So, I did good with the Chiefs yesterday, Chiefs money line, but my prop bets that I didn't give them out as picks on driving the line. I'm glad I didn't drive anybody in the wrong direction. But as far as me yesterday, I was a loser overall. Not that big a deal. But that game yesterday, I mean, it delivered the goods. The second half, ton of drama. We got a ton of storylines coming from it. Uh, the Panthers won over the weekend 4 nothing over Colorado. Panthers are awesome. Kicked the shit out of the avalanche. The Heat yesterday, we'll do a little bit of Heat coming up. Heat Celtics. And like I said, the Heat and Celtics right before the Super Bowl... I didn't love the timing of the game because, you know, it, it was going to determine my mood for the rest of the day. If the Heat lose there, am I going to be annoyed watching the Super Bowl? I wasn't annoyed. I thought the Heat played a really good game. You come up just short against a dirty team in the Boston Celtics. We'll get to that. And the Heat were super shorthanded. So, we'll get to that. But, obviously, we start with the Chiefs. Chiefs win yesterday. Back-to-back Super Bowl champs. The place you have to start is Patrick Mahomes. Right? All the talk about Mahomes, Brady, Goat, all of that stuff. Even If Mahomes had any chance or has any chance of catching Brady, he had to win the game yesterday. Even though it's still early in his career. You know, in Tom Brady's first three opportunities, he was three for three in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes' first three opportunities, he was two and one. He can't, if he's going to catch Brady at seven, he can't waste two of his first four opportunities. Mahomes, if he has any shot at catching Brady for seven, he had to win that game yesterday. Because just like Brady, we will get to a, a lull in Mahomes' career where he, believe it or not, where he doesn't appear in the Super Bowl for a few years. I know he's been in the Super Bowl now, Four out of five years, there will be a time that comes that he doesn't appear in the Super Bowl for a few years. So if he has any chance of catching Brady, he had to win that game yesterday. So he comes through and wins that game yesterday, but even while winning three Super Bowls compared to seven, it still seems like so far away. I don't believe he's ever going to catch Brady. Winning seven is crazy, but... What he can do now, 
because he won yesterday is something that Brady has never done. And that, and also something that no one has ever done before. So Brady, if he's won seven, which is something no one's ever done before, if Mahomes doesn't catch that, but can still do something that no one has ever done before, that's a major notch in his belt for being greatest of all time. And what I'm talking about is you can't get to three straight Super Bowl wins if you don't first get to two. By winning back-to-back yesterday, now Mahomes has an opportunity to do something that has literally never been done in the history of the Super Bowl era. And that's win three straight Super Bowls. That would obviously give him four total. And then, yeah, like, we're on the way to seven. Even if Mahomes won next year, seven would still, to me, seem really far away. But he'd be on the road, and at least he would have claim to something that, not Brady, no one has ever done before. And that's when three straight Super Bowls, it's never happened in the Super Bowl era. So, if you want to talk about Mahomes, Brady, best ever, all of that stuff, winning three in a row is what I would focus on. And that's now in play. That's now available for Mahomes. Here's another, and I think, so the whole year I've been down to the Chiefs. I, I raised my hand first. I have doubted the Chiefs the entire season. This is not the same team. This is not the team we've been used to the last few years. They're it. They ain't shit come playoff time. When the reality of it is, by the way, you look at who they had to beat to win the Super Bowl. This was a gauntlet. They had to beat the Dolphins, who, look, we could say whatever we want about the Dolphins here at South Florida, but that's a team had a high-powered offense for most of the season, and you're going up against Tyreek Hill, all right? You had to beat the Dolphins in the wild card game. Then you're on the road at the Bills. That's bad blood. We know how bad the Bills want to beat the Chiefs. Then you're on the road at the number one seed and the MVP, the Ravens. And then to win the Super Bowl, you have to beat the team that was the favorite going into the year to win the NFC. The favorite probably win the whole thing going into the season. And it really been the best team in the league. You want to make a case for Baltimore? Fine. For the entire season. Look at that gauntlet that the Chiefs had to go through. Dolphins, at Bills, at Ravens, 49ers. They deserved it. No other way to look at it. They deserve all the praise. So, there's going to be criticism on Shanahan for sure. The Chiefs deserve all of your praise. Now, here's the thing. While I've been saying how this is not the same Chiefs team the whole year, that was true. Where I was wrong was that that wasn't a good thing. I think it's turned out that this was actually a good thing for the Kansas City Chiefs. That they were heavy defense and not so much on the offensive end. I think this is actually the formula moving forward for the Kansas City Chiefs. Keep spending money on the defense. Keep maintaining an elite defense. Because if you have that side of the football... That is going to be elite. Even when your offense is not elite, which it wasn't this year for Kansas City, you always know your defense is going to keep you in games 
And in a big spot, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest, and he's always going to come through. Compared to those past Super Bowl winning Chiefs teams that were amazing on offense and their defense stunk, I think this is actually the better formula. This is the more sustainable formula for the Kansas City Chiefs to win more Super Bowls. Allow, let the defense be the better unit. And on the other end, when you need your quarterback to make magical plays because the other guys around him aren't so great, guess what? He's more than capable because he's Patrick Mahomes. So I've been looking at it the wrong way the entire season. This, I think, is the sustainable formula for the Chiefs. Be amazing on defense and rely on your quarterback to be magic. And by the way, the guy who Mahomes is chasing in Tom Brady, this was the formula. I mean, yes, in 2007, it was like the greatest offense ever and Randy Moss. Guess what? They didn't win that year. All the years that the Patriots were winning, great defense. We know the coach, super overrated head coach, but we know the coach is a great defensive coach, great defense. What was always the complaint with Tom Brady? Yes, he had Gronkowski, but the rest of the weapons around him, in the backfield, the receivers, he's got nobody to throw to, and he's still winning. That was the formula that the Patriots used all those years. They're going to be great on defense, and because they have the greatest quarterback ever, he's going to be able to carry them on that side of the football, and he's going to be able to make all the plays when they need him to make all the plays. So, I was right about the Chiefs all year long not being the same team, but I was wrong, dead wrong, about that actually not, about that not being the formula to go with moving forward. So, Mahomes is, people are going to focus on Shanahan, they're going to want to focus on Purdy. The story's Mahomes. They were down, what, 10 nothing. then they're down uh, 19-16, they're down... 22-19, they're down the whole game. The story is Mahomes. And the story was Mahomes, uh, the Chiefs have been a terrible second half team this year. Great second half team yesterday. However, you need Mahomes to operate in order to win the big game. He's capable of doing it. They've been terrible in the second half all year. They were great in the second half yesterday. This, to me, feels like the best version of the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a crazy thing to say, right? Considering they won 11 games this year. The years they won 13 to 14 games. Statistically, not the best team, certainly on offense. I think this is the best version of the Kansas City Chiefs. I really do. Boy, I mean, the first half of this game was the drizzling shits. It was so bad. Now, Kyle Shanahan... The, if the number one story of the game is Mahomes and the magic, the number two story in the game is Shanahan and overtime. All right, let's get into that. First, though, I love telling you guys, you know, if you th- football season's over, but there's plenty of things out there that should pique your interest. There's plenty of things out there that are still going to make you happy. And one of those things that's always going to make you happy is treating yourself to a brand new ride. And you're thinking, Zazlo. Where should I go if I'm looking for a new car or a used car? Whatever. 
I send you to the only car dealership I personally endorse, and that's North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. There's a lot to love at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru this month of February, with incredible offers on all new Subarus in stock, as well as every pre-owned vehicle on their lot right now. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you can make zero down payment, make zero payments for three months, and make zero security deposit. Or you could lease the 2024 Subaru Crosstrek Premium for just $209 a month for 36 months with $54.95 due at signing with approved credit. Go to nflsubaru.com. That's nflsubaru.com for full details. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru promises their customers an exceptional experience at their brand new state-of-the-art facility on North Andrews Avenue. You know it's that beautiful building. You can see it from I-95 at the Cypress Creek Road exit. Go to nflsubaru.com. You could search all the new and pre-owned vehicles right from the comfort of your own home. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, the location you know with an experience you'll love. All right. So if the number one story is Patrick Mahomes, the number two story is Kyle Shanahan. And it's specifically Kyle Shanahan and the overtime. So, when the game gets to overtime, Amber Wilson sends me a text. Amber and Ian every night, 7 to 10 p.m. on ESPN. My colleagues, Amber Wilson sends me a text. I told you this game was going to go to overtime. There have been no overtime games yet. And I write her back. I don't know the overtime rules. And I look at my wife, I go... I don't think I know the overtime rules. And she's shocked. You, my wife, what? I'm like, yeah, I don't think I know what happens now. And so we know that it's different from the regular season. So if you score a touchdown on your first drive, you win in the regular season, but you're getting the ball no matter what in the playoffs. I didn't know this. Now, obviously, it's one thing for me not to know. It's another thing for the team, for the coach, the players not to know. So let's start out with the players. The players for the 49ers. I mean, remember what a big deal it was that one time? It was a regular season game where Donovan McNabb and the Eagles, Donovan McNabb was like, I didn't know that games can end in a tie. And the game ended in a tie. And he got crushed for it. And that makes sense because maybe you're, maybe you're playing a little bit more careful if you're the quarterback if you don't know that the game can end in a tie. Maybe there's not as much a sense of urgency because if the clock hits zero, you're going to the second overtime. So I can understand that being a stupid thing. But if you're the 49ers players, you know what a big deal that was made when Donovan McNabb all those years ago didn't know that an overtime can end in a tie. Why are they getting in front of the microphones and saying how they didn't know the rules? Because it's going to make two things happen. Them look stupid and their coach looks stupid. But here's the thing. Like, Kyle Juszczyk was very adamant after the game. He didn't know the overtime rules. He thought that, you know, they get the ball first and they score, the game's going to be over. He didn't know the rules. It, was, it They didn't go over it with them. Let me tell you something. This is the most overblown post-Super Bowl story you're ever going to hear. This is like, it's making up reasons to be critical of Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. Who the hell cares if Kyle Juszczyk knows that the overtime rules are different in the Super Bowl? Who the hell cares if Kyle Juszczyk doesn't know 
that if you score a touchdown on the first possession, the game continues. If the 49ers would have scored a touchdown on that opening drive, and then the game keeps going, Chiefs are going to get the ball, what happens? Then what? Does Kyle Juszczyk just run and go, Oh, I thought if we get a touchdown, the game's over. Well, guess what, Kyle? It's not. We're still playing. Who the hell cares if the players on the 49ers don't know that the rules are different in the playoffs? How does it change anything? They're still trying to score a touchdown. They're still trying to play defense. Why does it matter if the players don't know that the overtime rules are different? You're still trying to score. You're still trying to play defense. It's different where Donovan McNabb didn't know there was a tie because maybe there's no sense of urgency. Maybe he doesn't care that the clock is running. That makes a difference. Who cares if the players on the 49ers know or don't know the rules in overtime? Are they not trying to score? Are they not trying to defend? The only one that it actually matters, if the, it's not like they did the coin toss and Kyle Juszczyk is out there, and because he doesn't know that both teams get the ball, even if the 49ers score a touchdown first, and so he decides, we want the ball first, that would be a different story. Number one, I don't know that he was even out there for the coin toss. Number two, the coach, Kyle Shanahan, decides if they want the ball first. The only one where it matters if they know the change in rules in overtime is the coach. Now, Maybe you want to say you don't think Kyle Shanahan knew the rules. We'll never know. But the only one who needs to know the change in rules is the coach. So the players saying they didn't know that there was a different rule in the postseason is such an overblown story. It doesn't matter. Who cares if the fullback doesn't know that if they score a touchdown on the first drive, the game's not actually over? Why does that matter? Eric Armstead said after the game as well, he didn't know that it was different either. So, were you not trying to play defense? On the drive that the Kansas City Chiefs scored, did you let them score a touchdown on that drive because somehow you thought the game was going to continue? I mean, that makes no sense. Even if the rules are the same, you got a field goal, now you're on defense. If they score, the game's over. If the, if the rules are the same, and guess what? The game's also over in the new rules. So, why does it matter if Eric Armstead knows or doesn't know that the rules are different? Play defense. Don't let them score. Who cares if the stupid fullback knows if the rules are different? Score a touchdown. It doesn't matter. The only one who it matters is Kyle Shanahan. And he didn't tell you he didn't know the rules. There's no reason to believe he didn't know the rules. Now, Do you like the strategy of taking the ball first with the new rules in overtime? That's a discussion to be had. Now, Kyle Shanahan said he liked taking the ball first. Now, is there a little bit because his defense was just out on the field for a long drive Kansas City? Didn't want to put his defense back out there right away and they'd be tired? That could be a reason. That's not what he said. He said because they wanted the ball third. And... I know that sounds like you can nitpick at that. What the ball third? Don't you got to worry about the first couple possessions? What he's saying there is he'd like to get a touchdown on the first drive. And then if the Chiefs match it, you get the ball back now with a chance to win it with any kind of score. Like he wants, 
He wants two. If they're going to be three possessions, he wants two of them. That's what he's saying there. But I still think it's a flawed strategy. If you get the ball first, and the rules are different, if you get the ball first and score a touchdown, and the other team can still get a touchdown to tie the game or maybe go for two, a couple things. You want the other team to get the ball first. So if they do score a touchdown, you at least, two things, have the decision to win the game right there and go for two, which I think they would have if that were the case. But more importantly, you want the other team to get the ball first. So A, no matter what happens, you know what you need. But B, more importantly, you have four downs. And you saw Mahomes had four downs. They had to pick up a fourth down in their own territory on that drive. I mean, it was first down, second down, third down, fourth down right away, and they had to pick it up. You want the four downs. If you have the ball first, and you're in your own territory, and you're faced to the fourth down, you might punt the ball away. And then try and play defense to get the ball back. Because if you don't pick it up, field goal, boom, game's over. If the other team gets a touchdown, you know you need a touchdown. You know you're in four-down territory. You, it's not only knowing what you need, but you get an extra down if you get the ball second. That team that got the ball first, they're not necessarily getting an extra down. You know, the 49ers, on that fourth down, they decided to kick a field goal. If they got the ball second and they know what they need, they can operate in four downs the entire series. So the Chiefs, they knew what they needed, even though it was just a field goal, but they knew what they needed. So they're in four downs every time. And if you have the ball and you get to operate with an extra down that entire series compared to what the other team was able to operate with, that's a massive advantage. So if you want a way getting the ball two out of three times in overtime versus being able to operate with an extra down, you, you need the extra down. It's such an advantage for the Chiefs yesterday. And you saw, they used the extra down, pick up a first, I mean, they had to, but they used the extra down, pick up a first down, and they were able to keep it moving. So that's where Shanahan's getting all the criticism. That's where I would be critical is I didn't, I, he knew the rules. I didn't like his strategy. I understand what he's trying to do there, getting the ball two out of three times. You want to operate in four downs. You want an extra down. So that's where I think Shanahan is deserving of the criticism. But the players not knowing the new overtime rules, who gives a shit? Why does that matter? It doesn't matter. It's such an overblown story. It doesn't matter at all. Now, the criticism of Shanahan... He can't win the big game. That shit's lazy, man. That, like, it's lazy and it's not fair. It's not fair because the three Super Bowls he's lost, two of them as head coach, the three Super Bowls that he's lost were against Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. He can't win the big game against the two greatest quarterbacks of all time. We're going to be critical of him not winning the big game. It's it's like being critical of Carl Malone for not being able to win the NBA Finals when the two times he was there was against Michael Jordan. You know, he, he, he lost the Super Bowl three times against the two greatest quarterbacks ever. 
it, the, that criticism is not fair. The second part, the lazy part, is if Kyle Shanahan would have lost two weeks ago, if the Niners wouldn't have made the big comeback against the Lions, we wouldn't be talking about, we wouldn't be critical about Kyle Shanahan not winning the big game. Because he never got to the big game. Like, it's worse to get to the big game and lose than lose early in the playoffs. And that's stupid. It's like LeBron James gets the criticism for being 4-6 and six in the finals. Like, you'd rather him be 4-2. and two. Let me ask you something, what's better? Winning six conference championships or winning 10 conference championships? And the answer is obviously winning 10 conference championships. And that's why being 4-6 and six in the finals is a lot better than being 4-2 in the finals. Being 4-100 in the finals is better than being 4-2 in the finals. You've done more winning that way, but we don't criticize like that. So Kyle Shanahan, he's getting the criticism for being 0-3 in the Super Bowl when if he never, if he's never made it to the Super Bowl, we wouldn't be criticizing him that he can't win the big game. And that's stupid. It's so hard to get to the Super Bowl. It's even harder to win the Super Bowl and being more critical of him for losing the Super Bowl than we would have if he lost in, say, the wild card round. That's stupid. But Shanahan's getting a ton of heat today. I mean, the fact that he's getting criticized for, again, losing a Super Bowl. I Like, we don't talk about Marv Levy like that. Marv Levy was 0-4. Lost four straight Super Bowls. It's an amazing feat to get to four straight Super Bowls, even though you lose them. We don't talk about Marv Levy like that. Can't win the big game. Getting to the Super Bowl is amazing. It's so hard to win. You know it's not hard. Making sure you're having a good time while you're watching any game. And even though there's no more football, we got the NBA, we got the NHL, we got WWE, got MMA. How do you enjoy all the action? Well, you know in the Zaslow Mansion... We enjoy with the official beer of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. You know what I'm talking about. European roots with that Caribbean soul. A refreshing German lager in a can. I stopped by Winn-Dixie yesterday. Got myself ready for the game last night. Picked up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. You know what I'm talking about. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba yourself. Your local Winn-Dixie, Sedano's Presidente, Fresco y Mas. I love when you guys, when you're trying Johnny Cuba for the very first time, and you video and then you send it to me, I put it up on Instagram, I'm an influencer, so then you're famous, and, and, and I get all the monies, and my man Juan from Johnny Cuba, he loves seeing a new guy trying Johnny Cuba for the very first time, pick, pick up a six-pack of Johnny for yourself, enjoy the game on your couch, always drink responsibly, and of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. So, let's talk a little bit about Brock Purdy here. I thought Brock Purdy comes out of this game looking pretty good. He's in his second year, first year, and and again, we lose sight of this. Not only was he the last pick in the draft last year, he was the last pick in the draft last year. He's only in his second year. And like the, the way that the criticism of Shanahan is unfair, where he gets criticized more for losing at the Super Bowl than if he would have lost in the wild card round, Purdy... Because of where he was selected in the draft, 
gets treated differently than from, say, a guy like Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was selected at the very top of the draft. In his second year, he gets to and loses the Super Bowl. And what do we say about Joe Burrow? He's fulfilling his destiny. He's exactly where he's supposed to be. This is why he was selected at the top of the draft. It's okay that he didn't win the Super Bowl. But Brock Purdy, because he was selected with the very last pick in the draft, even though he gets the Super Bowl in just his second year, he has to win it. Otherwise, he's being propped up by everybody around him, and he's clearly not good enough. When the truth is, he's in his second year and went toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes and lost in overtime. Second-year quarterback held his own in the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes. I think Purdy came out looking fine. The biggest stories, Mahomes, Shanahan, Brock Purdy. And I think Mahomes looks amazing. Shanahan did not like the decision to not give away the ball to start overtime. Didn't like the strategy there. But otherwise, Shanahan, I think it's too much credit for not being able to, for again, not being able to win a Super Bowl. He's not, he didn't go up against Trent Dilfer here, all right? He's gone up against Brady and twice against Mahomes. It's kind of a big deal. And I think Purdy, for the most part, like, Purdy didn't come out looking amazing, but he definitely didn't come out looking bad. He went toe-to-toe, lost in overtime against Patrick Mahomes. So those, to me, are probably the biggest stories. And then at the tail end there, Andy Reid. Andy Reid with a third Super Bowl win. He is now third all-time, only behind Belichick and Chuck Knoll. Andy Reid, who was once labeled, the way that we're doing this to Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, who was once labeled as a guy who couldn't win the big game, Andy Reid now separated himself from the guys with two Super Bowl wins. Guys like Mike Shanahan, Landry, Shula, Parcells. I mean, these are major, major names that he has now separated himself from. Andy Reid is absolutely in the discussion of greatest head coach of all time. Especially on the heels of everybody realizing now that Belichick, most overrated coach of all time. Now, nobody said here that Belichick's not a great coach, but he is the most overrated coach of all time. Now, I do want to say a a few things about the broadcast. I thought this broadcast at CBS was weird. We'll get to a little bit more of that, (coughs) excuse me, on big deal or not a big deal. I thought the broadcast was weird. I, I did not think Nance had a good game. I did not think Romo had a good game. I mean, Romo talking through the final play of the game when the game was over, instead of celebrating, watching the team celebrate, laying out, letting the moment breathe, I thought Romo stunk. I did not think Nance was any good. The halftime crew, you know, what's it, uh, uh, Jim Brown and Pars- uh, Parcells, Cower, Boomer, Nate Burleson, how do you not address what was the biggest story from the first half, which is Kelsey almost knocking over and yelling in the face of Andy Reid. They don't even mention it. Like they're going from from guy to guy with the adjustments, adjustments, adjustments. No one gives a shit. No one watching cares. The biggest story of the first half was Kelsey and his behavior with, with Andy Reid. And they don't even mention it. So I thought they stunk. I did not think the broadcast was very good. And I'm usually not, I'm not usually someone who gets on the broadcasters in that regard. I did not think they had a good game. And finally, the Chiefs, maybe it was in question before yesterday. Very obviously a dynasty. When you think of the 2020s, and I talked about this yesterday. I hosted Best Week Ever for ESPN Radio yesterday morning. When we look back, no matter what happens, 
the rest of this decade. When we think about the 2020s, you know, you think about the 70s, you think about the Steelers. The 80s, 49ers. The 90s, the Cowboys. The 2000s and onward, the Patriots. The 2020s, you're going to think about the Chiefs. Chiefs own the 2020s. No matter what happens the rest of the way, we're obviously talking about a dynasty. Now let's get to some of the fun stuff here. So, you can't get up out of your seat during the Super Bowl because you got to watch the commercials. And I also love the movie trailers. Let me give you, and we'll get to Usher, we'll get to Halftime Show. The movie trailers that I was into. We got the trailer for Quiet Place. It's, it's the, the start of Quiet Place. And that movie looks awesome. I'm way into that. We also got a trailer for Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. I love the new Planet of the Apes movies. I am very into seeing that. think it looks great. <clears throat> we got a trailer for a movie I had no idea was coming out. I didn't know what it was until the name flashed on the screen in the end. Wicked. That's right. The story behind the Wicked Witch of the West. And uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Glenda, the Witch of the East. Wizard of Oz. I'm into that. That looks really great. And we got a trailer for Twisters. I didn't even know that. And now I don't think it's a remake of Twister. It's Twisters. So I think it's uh, 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 essentially a, a sequel. You know, Bill Paxton who passed away and, and Helen Hunt. And this is with the guy who played, the guy who was in Maverick, Top Gun. One of the all-time great movies ever. Twisters looks very cool. And we got a sneak peek. You then had to go online to watch the trailer for the new Deadpool movie, which we saw is now actually called Deadpool and Wolverine. Way into that. I don't want to see any more trailers for Deadpool and Wolverine because I don't like that stuff spoiled for me. I want surprises. And in the trailer, they really didn't spoil anything. I think we got a glimpse of Professor X. We know we already knew Wolverine was going to be in the movie, but nothing else. I don't think anything else was spoiled. So I thought they did a really good job with that. Commercials that I really liked. The Popeyes commercial with Ken Jong. I mean, they say he, he wakes up out of a coma, right? They say something about Popeyes. He goes, the Sailor Man? Pop, the Popeyes commercial was very funny with Ken Jong. The Dr. Pepper transfer portal commercial, very early on in the game, very funny. Where the, the, the defense and the quarterback, they're getting sucked into the transfer portal. No, we can't lose our defense. Transfer portal, Dr. Pepper commercial, very funny. I liked the Christopher Walken BMW commercial where everyone was giving their impersonation to Christopher Walken. I liked that. And probably, probably the commercial that got talked about the most, the Dunkings. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Tom Brady, Dunkin' Donuts, the Dunkings, Jennifer Lopez, Matt Damon afterward telling Ben Affleck, you know when I said I'd do anything for you? This is anything. The Dunkings commercial was also very funny. So then overall, the commercials were, uh, were a success. I was into it. Now, the halftime show. Okay. Before we get to the halftime show, you guys know, I love helping you out getting the best sleep of your life. And I get the best sleep of my life here in the Zazzle Mansion because every night I sleep on Sheets and Giggles. You know what I'm talking about. Go to SheetsGiggles.com and you're going to get the best sleep of your life while becoming one of over 100,000 Americans who are sleeping on Sheets and Giggles' softest, coolest, most breathable sheets of your life. And when you go to SheetsGiggles.com, they always have all kinds of sales and promotions going on. You're getting the best deals out there. But if it's your very time, very first time, going to SheetsGiggles.com, 
Use promo code Zaslow, Z-A-S-L-O-W, and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right. Sheetsgiggles.com. 20% off your first order when you use my promo code. Sheetsgiggles.com. Eucalyptus mattress, eucalyptus pillow, the comforter, the bed sheets, the fitted sheets, the blankets. You know what I'm talking about. You don't even have to thank me. Just the fact that you're going to be getting this great sleep, that makes me feel good. It warms my heart. Sheetsgiggles.com. Use promo code Zazlo. 20% off your first order. Sheetsgiggles.com. So, the halftime show. And they kept this under wraps. We didn't know, like, who, if anyone, was going to be performing with Usher. We got Luda. We got... Alicia Keys, who I love. Oh, I love Alicia Keys. I've seen her in concert before. She's so fantastic. We got uh, we got that one guy, the ball guy. I don't know his name. And we had who else? Oh, Lil John. All right. So you got you got some nice cameos that were mixed in there. I, I thought it was good. Certainly not going to sit here and tell you greatest halftime performance ever. Probably not even going to tell you it was top five. I don't think it cracks my top five. But I'll never understand the people who watch it. And look, Usher's not my type of music. Although Usher's, Usher's got, he's got some hits. It's not my type of music. It doesn't have to be your type of music. But I don't understand the people who come out of halftime shows like that and they say it sucked. How could it have sucked? Everything that was put into it, all the talent, just the choreography, maybe it's not for you, but it sucked I'll never understand that. It, you sound so stupid when you say that. You didn't have to like it. It wasn't for you. It's not your taste. It's not your kind of music. But it sucked. I'll never understand that. I think every one of these halftime shows, they're all so good. Like, I'm gonna, I don't care about The weekend. I don't care about Bruno Mars. This isn't my type of stuff. But I'm watching this before. I was like, shit's pretty fucking amazing the way they do all this. I'll never understand the way people say these halftime shows sucked. So... Yesterday, that was good. I think it was great. I enjoyed it. Usher's cool. He takes off his shirt. My wife digs that. She enjoyed it. Okay, I'm happy. I'm enjoying it as well. I'm having a good time. There you have it. So, not one of the greatest, but if you're coming out here today, you're talking about the halftime show sucked. I don't know. I, 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 honestly, I think that's dog whistle stuff. You're coming out and you're saying the halftime show sucked. That's a little bit of dog whistle stuff. You know what I'm talking about there. All right, so... I got everything I got for you as far as the Super Bowl yesterday. That's it. No more football. No more football. Just done with it. Done with the football. Focus on the NBA, the Heat, and the Panthers. And the winter Miami is starting up soon. Everyone's mad at Messi for not playing in these international friendlies. All right. It's not my problem. Anyway, I do want to say about the Heat yesterday. And no news yet. I know they're both getting MRIs today. Josh Richardson and Terry Rozier. The Rozier one looked bad. I don't know if it's his knee. He was holding like the side of his leg. If it's if it's his knee, I mean the season's fucked. And and I say the season's fucked because like Rozier was really going to add an element to this team come postseason time that they needed. It's going to be such a massive blow if Rozier's out for any real extended period of time. And here's the thing. If Ro- unless Rozier is back right away, we're never going to know actually what the injury is. The Heat are so secretive with this type of stuff. When stuff is serious, unless he's having surgery on his knee like right away, we never actually know what the problem is. They're so buttoned up. 
and secretive about this type of stuff. So I don't know when we're going to find out about the severity of Terry Rozier's injury. Jimmy Butler is out for at least the short term. He's dealing with a death in the family, so that sucks. Hope he gets back soon. But Bam, Hero, they were awesome yesterday. That game was fun. And I got a big problem with that fucking dirty-ass Jalen Brown. You know, Jalen Brown could say whatever he wants after the game about Duncan Robinson. That was a dirty, dirty play. Duncan Robinson, okay, they're locked up. Whatever. Maybe you don't like the way Duncan Robinson and his arms are locking up. I don't know. But the way that Jalen Brown pushed Duncan Robinson off of him, he knew exactly what he was doing. He could have broken his elbow. He knew exactly what he was doing. I would have thrown him out of the game. It was a very obvious flagrant one. Jalen Brown is so full of shit after the game talking about how Duncan Robinson, he had a tangle. I'll I'll bet he's not going to do it again. That's a fucking dirty play from Jalen Brown. I was so angry watching that go down. And it doesn't matter what Jalen Brown's history is. If he's a known dirty player, if he's not a dirty player, it doesn't matter. That's a dirty play. It's a very dangerous, very dirty play. Fuck Jalen Brown. I was so mad watching that. And you know what else I was also... Like, good for Duncan Robinson after the timeout, going back at Jalen Brown. Because somebody's got to say something, right? I... I was mad about that. You, you know, the Heat, the Heat are a tough team. The Heat pride themselves in being tough. You, you look on the floor right there, Heat culture, it says nastiest. And the Heat pride themselves on that type of stuff. I understand Udonis Haslam's not on the team anymore. It wouldn't really matter because he wouldn't have been in the game anyway. But somebody needs to run up on Jalen Brown in that spot. You know, you got Bam Adebayo just standing there. I think Caleb Martin also. While Duncan Robinson's on the ground. Maybe they didn't see it. I don't know. It's an extremely dirty play from Jalen Brown, and nobody's going to check him on it? Like, somebody should have run up on him and put Jalen Brown on the ground. I'm serious. I was going to punch him. Somebody should have run up on Jalen Brown and put him on the ground. That bothered me that nobody from the team did that. You know, the Heat are a tough team. And in that case, somebody's got to step up to Jalen Brown in that spot. And just let him do that. They, they let him be a dirty player and commit a very dirty and dangerous play on Duncan Robinson. And everyone just stood around. And then when we came back from the timeout, Duncan Robinson was the only one who checked him. Somebody should have checked him. Somebody should have put Jalen Brown on the ground. That really bothered me. I got to be honest. So the Celtics sweep the season series three games to none. Two of the games were close. Here's the thing, though. It'll be even better when we get to the postseason and they flash the graphic on the screen that the Celtics swept the season series and we punk them in the playoffs like we always do. We always punk that team and we're going to do it again in the postseason. I can't wait to see them again. When we get to the playoffs, every Celtic fan is going to be shitting bricks that they're facing the Miami Heat again. And every Heat fan, when we get to the playoffs, it doesn't mean we're definitely going to beat them, but no one is afraid of the Celtics. No one is afraid of that team when we get to the playoffs. We will punk them again in the playoffs like we always do. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So I told you, I did not like the broadcast on CBS yesterday. I thought Nance was no good, and I thought and Romo is not any good either. And instead of a great final call from Nance, 
and then you got either let Nance be excited and give the entire call on his own, or what you do need to do is just lay out and let the images and the crowd noise be the call. Instead, Tony Romo is describing what just happened on the play as if we're in the middle of the second quarter. This was a terrible final call. Give this a listen. We moved to the second quarter. That's right, because I can only see people out there being like, what's going on? First and goal. Mahomes flings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! And this was the Andy Reid special. This was the Andy Reid special we talked about. He was saving all day. He's going to fake a motion to go across. And at that moment, he turns and goes back Hartman, who they didn't have, right? And they go get Hartman and bring him back. And the game-winning drive of Mahomes' career, he's been waiting for. He's won Super Bowls, but he's never had it in an overtime. He is the best. He is the standard. When Michael Jordan wins it again. Yeah, I'm going big deal. You want to get that iconic final call you can use over and over again. Rubble ruined it. I mean, who cares about breaking down, analyzing the play that just happened? It's over. The game's over. It's now about the celebrating. And Romo's giving me uh, X's and O's. The terrible final call. Speaking of final call, let's hear the Kansas City Chiefs radio final call. McKinnon is in at running back. First down and goal to go. Play action fake. Right side throw. Touchdown! Kansas City! McCall Hardman! McCall Hardman with the catch on the right side! A three-yard touchdown pass in overtime. Kansas City wins the game. 25-22. And the Chiefs' kingdom has started its own history class. Because for the first time in 6,944 days, there is a back-to-back Super Bowl champion. And it is the Kansas City Chiefs. Champions of Super Bowl 58 on the heels of Super Bowl 57. The Chiefs do it in overtime. Yeah, I'm going big deal. It, n- not a special final call, but that's a final call. That's how that's how you put a cherry on top right there. Excellent job there, Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. That's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal? How about the final call from the Nickelodeon broadcast? On Nickelodeon, you had Noah Eagle on the call. He's excellent. You also had SpongeBob and, and, you know, who's the other guy? Patrick. And and they were also on the call with Noah Eagle. This Nickelodeon broadcast, it was on the little TV in the Saslam Mansion family room the whole time. It looks wild. I loved watching over that Nickelodeon broadcast. Here's their final call, also better than Nansen Romo. Kansas City wins back-to-back Super Bowls. It's Nicole Hardman. its way to Bikini Bottom, and the Chiefs have done it once again. Never in their wildest dreams did they think it would go back to back. And now comes the big proposal. I'm going 
big deal. That's a great job by SpongeBob and Patrick. I like that Nickelodeon broadcast. And finally, big deal or not a big deal. So yesterday on NFL Countdown leading up to the Super Bowl, you know, the the Hall of Fame, the class of 2024 was announced the other day. And the two enshrinees that were voted like special, like special enshrinees, not the regular five that get in. One of them was Steve McMichael, former Bears tackle Steve McMichael. Uh, wrestling fans, WCW, remember him? He was in the Four Horsemen. Uh, Steve Mongo McMichael. And he is suffering from ALS. And, like, he's, he's on his deathbed. He's in very, very bad shape. And ESPN did a great piece on it. It's very sad. And they did a great piece. And when they throw it back to the crew at the stadium, you know, Sam Ponder's hosting. You got... Rex Ryan there, Randy Boss, and Rex Ryan was very, very emotional. I thought he did an excellent job, though. Give it a listen. Cannot thank Misty and Steve enough for sharing their story with all of us. Thanks to Sam Borden for doing that. Rex, I know that's a tough watch for you because you had a front row seat to those years when your dad, Buddy Ryan, was his coach from 81 to 85. Let's start with the, the happier well, stuff. What do you remember oh about Steve back well, then? First off, I can tell you this. I don't think there's ever been a player that had more fun playing the game and impacted his teammates the same way. I mean, they all had fun. Stephen Michael was, was the leader of it. And, I mean, you know, such a badass. Like, he is so deserving of this. I mean, this is the greatest defense in the history, and he's a huge part of it. But... But it was how he impacted that team. Like, I was around that team all the time, and I don't think anybody drove their teammates more than Steve McMichael. And believe me, I saw the segment while he's asked to play a gap. Wait a second. This guy was such a dominating player as an inside player. So this is a, a day to celebrate without question. And yes, you know, so emotional, but who good for him. Yeah, it's, it's a really powerful piece. The, the, the whole ALS is, uh, I think it's the scariest thing out there. And I thought Rex did a good job saying all the nice things. That's a very big deal. And that right there is another addition. A big deal or not a big deal. All right. Yes. So, glad to have you guys here with us as we got the week started, I think, on the right note. Probably have a few more Super Bowl notes and nuggets for tomorrow. And look, then, then you know, we're, we're going to be dialed in. Heat, Panthers... Uh, we'll start looking toward the draft, I guess. I don't know. I can't I can't predict the future. We got Monday Night Raw tonight. No Heater Panthers tonight, but we do have Monday Night Raw. Today's show brought to you in part by Bet Online. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us to start their week. Thanks to everyone from behind the scenes who all put together a great show. Can't do it without all your hard work. I love you long time. We'll talk to you on Zazlow Show 2.0 tomorrow. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. 
You can get it anywhere. Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.